This is The Rant presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this Thursday, May 20th afternoon. Going to be talking all New York sports outcomes from last night, and you know it. If you're a New York sports fan, you watched that Yankees game last night. Even if you're a Mets fan, yes, you tuned in because, as you should know if you're listening to this show, Corey Kluber, starting pitcher for the New York Yankees, two former two-time Cy Young winner, pitched a no-hitter for the New York Yankees last night. The Yankees' first no-hitter since 1999 when David Cohn pitched a perfect game. Uh, and uh, in those in the 90s, uh, the Yankees were actually throwing no-hitters uh, every other year or something like that with uh, originally it being Doc Gooden uh, and then David Wells and then David Cohn. So uh, once the Yankees started throwing no hitters in that in that 90s, in the mid 90s, that's when they started winning. So maybe this is a sign for things to come. But I'm going to get to talking about that in a moment, along with uh, the Mets losing the series finale against the Braves on a walk off home run and uh, getting into uh, a little bit of Pre, a little preview of uh, what's to come in the Knicks series, which uh, has recently been announced that uh, the first game will be 7.30 p.m. on Sunday evening. Um, just a, <clears throat> before I get into some other news uh, and sports from the previous night, I just wanted to remind you all that you could listen to this podcast and stream it along with all the other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can access them via the link tree in my Instagram bio at The Strive Sports. Um, also give The Strive Sports a follow on TikTok for daily gambling advice. Uh, slowing down on that a bit because I'm not hot. Uh, got four out of five picks right last night. Um, I had the Lakers minus two and a half, which just hit uh, – they won by three. Memphis minus one. Then I had Yankees money line. St. Louis Cardinals minus one and a half. And then for some reason, I also had the Seattle Mariners minus one and a half. So four out of five of those hit. The Mariners were the only one that didn't hit. So kind of unfortunate, but uh, that's a side point. Uh, so once I start getting hot, I'll, I'll get back to uh, posting my lay of the day on TikTok. Uh slowing down on that a little bit. I don't want to lose you guys any money. Uh, but also, don't forget to check out the Strive Sports webpage. Uh, it, the URL is strivesports.org. Uh, you could also access the webpage using the link tree in my Instagram bio. Uh, it is the top link. It will be pretty easy to uh, to see. It will say webpage or web uh, website on the top, and the link will be right underneath it uh, above uh, the podcast options. And, uh, if you, uh, obviously I talk about fan interaction and, uh, getting involved with, with fans and discussion or just listening to their suggestions, uh, almost every single day when I record. So, uh, definitely want to have that, uh, relationship with the fans and, uh, on the webpage, there's also a message board where I would receive all your messages. So if you have any questions or concerns or suggestions, uh, send it there. I could definitely answer any questions that are sent to me. So, I uh, would love to start getting more fan interaction, whether it be, uh, you know, sending me messages using the webpage or, um, you know, commenting on the Instagram videos or, uh, DMing the Instagram page. But, uh, yeah, so a couple things that I want to talk about uh, before I get into my New York sports rant. Uh, 
first things first, the second night of the play-in games was last night. Um, first game was the Spurs against the Grizzlies. Grizzlies pulled that one out by a score of 100 to 96. Uh, they came out really hot to start the game. I mean, it was just incredible what they were doing. They were up like 20 points in the first quarter, and the Spurs had like under 10 points, and the Grizzlies had like 26. And it was just it was madness. And then uh, it was obvious that the Spurs were going to make a run at some point. Um, but uh, too little, too late. You know, you, when you get down that much, it makes it really difficult to come back. I mean, they they lost the first quarter by 19 points, uh, you know, and then it makes it almost impossible to come back. I mean, they won the, the second and the fourth quarter, so they won more quarters than, than the Grizzlies did because uh, the Grizz tied the third quarter. The Grizz and the Spurs tied the third quarter, 16 points. That's a defensive quarter if I've ever seen one. But uh, it didn't even make, make a difference because um, the Grizzlies – I mean, the Spurs outscored the Grizzlies by 12 in the second quarter and only three in the fourth. So that's not enough to uh, to fully come back. So Spurs wind up losing by four. Uh, but there were some really incredible performances last night. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas, 23 points, 23 rebounds. Uh, if you watched my show, Riding the BK Train, yesterday, I one of my selections was Valanciunas over 13.5 rebounds. So uh, he had a great game. Dylan Brooks was phenomenal, 24 points, uh, 10 to 21 from the field, seven boards, three assists. Uh, John Morant, 20 points, six assists, six rebounds. Uh, obviously, I mean, not obviously, but they could have been a little more efficient. Uh, John Morant, 8 to 20. Um, Kyle Anderson, three of ten. Uh, so uh, and the Melton, one of five. Uh, Grayson Allen, zero of two. Uh, so overall, they were all right. I mean, they shot forty-four and a half percent from the field. You expect better than that. Uh, obviously, the Spurs did no better. I mean, they shot thirty-five percent from the field and thirty-six percent from three. So in comparison to that, uh. The Grizzlies were better, not even from three, though. The Grizzlies actually shot 32% from three. That would be a major concern uh, for me going into that game against the Warriors, um, which uh, actually will which is a good segue onto the next game, uh, that being Lakers-Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Lakers pulled this one out 103-100, to as I stated previously. This was an incredible game, as everyone thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm not sure what it was in terms of viewership for the NBA, but uh, I'm sure it did very well. I mean, LeBron James, Steph Curry, multiple-time MVPs, multiple-time champions going at it, you know, former rivals that were meeting in the finals every single season at one point in their careers. Uh, I mean, it was just a great game. Golden State goes into halftime up, uh, up 13 points. I mean... What we, that that's the I can't imagine a better first half for Golden State going into the half up 13 points. It did, definitely did not look good for the Lakers. They looked uh, not really so into it. They didn't look energized. Uh, although they clearly had a good defensive performance, they, they just looked more energized and into things on the on the defensive end in comparison to the offensive end. I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis did not look good at all. Uh, during the entirety of the game, except for the fact that they, except for the fact that LeBron got a triple double, uh, and he threw up that obvious miracle heave uh, at the end of the or at the end of the game with under a minute left uh, to put the Lakers in the lead. 
uh, miracle heave while the shot clock is winding down. KCP just throws it out, uh, gets an assist, which actually, side note, uh, puts him over 14.5 points, rebounds, and assists, which hit in riding the BK train last night. So that was a good uh, overall play for me. Uh, but you know, seven to seventeen for for the king. Need to do uh, need to be more efficient than that out there. I mean, you almost were one game away from being eliminated from the playoffs. Need to be more efficient. Uh, but eleven boards, ten assists, still uh, is capable of doing it. Obviously, I think he just needs to get more into the flow of things. But it's you know, it's a little scary to see how him and AD are struggling. AD ten of twenty four from the field, one of six from three. Uh, you know, he had twenty five points, twelve boards, but. Definitely expecting more out of AD, at least be more efficient. Uh, and they're going to be going up against the Phoenix Suns. So that's that's not the best matchup. I mean, like I think that it would have been more favorable for the Lakers to play someone like the Mavericks or the Blazers if they had avoided the play-in game and got in that sixth seed. But unfortunately, they are where they are. They're going to have to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round, one of the most well-rounded team, teams in the league. Uh, great on defense, great on offense, have a veteran leader in Chris Paul, have younger guys like uh, Devin Booker, McCall Bridges, uh, DeAndre Aiden. Uh, so, you know, hopefully Chris Paul will be able to elevate them uh, to another level. But both playing games were fun to watch. And uh, the Lakers, that Lakers game was truly unbelievable. And uh, I hope that the playing is, is here to stay because, that was really fun to watch, and uh, I doubt that we'll be able to that we'll be getting matchups similar to this Steph Curry LeBron James matchup that we're getting in the first year of the play-in. Uh, maybe more similar to uh, the Keldon Johnson uh, Dylan Brooks matchup, but uh, what a game! I can't believe that we wound up with this. Uh, if this doesn't show you that Golden State is here to stay, especially next year when they get uh, Clay Thompson back, I mean Steph Curry, thirty-seven points. 12 of 23, and Draymond also putting on an absolute defensive clinic. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, 21 points, 10 of 18 from the field. I mean, he was he was good. So when this team gets back, Clay Thompson next season, and then hopefully a healthier uh, or you know a healthy and more developed James Wiseman, you know they could really be a threat out in the West. I mean, if that's not obvious, then. Uh, you're probably not a very big basketball fan. So excited to see what the Warriors are going to do this postseason. Uh, probably if they beat the Grizzlies, they'd be going up against the Jazz. So that's a fun matchup no matter what. Jazz are a great defensive team, obviously. And Curry just been going off 6-9 from 3 last night, 37 points. Uh, so can't wait to uh, see the final outcomes of the playing games. Uh, the Pacers are going to be playing the Wizards tonight for the final playoff spot in the East, and then the Warriors are going to be playing the uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, on Friday evening for the final playoff spot in the West. So just thought I wanted to, just, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the playing games because really enjoyed watching them, but uh, what I enjoyed watching even more than the playing games was the Yankees game last night, and uh, more specifically, Corey Kluber's no-hitter uh, for the Yankees, their first no-hitter since David Cohen threw a perfect game in 1999. Now, this was there's so many interesting things about this no-hitter. Uh, number one, I have never seen my team throw a no-hitter in, in any way, I guess. That, so, I mean, it's perfect game, whatever it is. I've never seen it. The Yankees do that. Uh, 
in 99. I was two years old, so didn't see that. I'm blanking if Wells threw his in 98 or 97, but either way, that's even before Cone, so definitely wouldn't remember that at all. But uh, just he was completely in control last night, completely dominant. I mean, he was hitting the corners. His pitches had movement. and he was just so confident out there, and uh, I just and I'm also curious what inning people stopped talking to him because he was just I you know when the Yankees were up to bat he was just sitting in the dugout everyone was on the the edge of the dugout he was just sitting and sitting in the back all by himself no one talking to him uh, and he and you could tell how locked in he was and uh, it was really incredible to see you know 35 year old guy two time former Cy Young winner. Uh, finally get his first no-hitter after getting a potentially career-threatening injury uh, to come back and show that he's capable of doing something like this. I mean, and, and at this point, after last night's outing, he's now below a 3 ERA. He has a 2.86 ERA. Uh, he has been absolutely dynamite over the uh, last couple of outings for of his. But this was actually the second day in a row that a no-hitter was thrown Obviously, uh, Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers threw a no-hitter just the night beforehand. Uh, Additionally, some other facts about this, about no-hitters this season. This was the sixth no-hitter of the season, uh, and only three teams have been no-hit this year, uh, meaning each team was no-hit twice. Uh, So the Rangers got no-hit twice. The Mariners got no hit twice, and the Cleveland Indians have gotten no hit twice. Uh, so, and apparently there have been like 14 complete games pitched this year, and out of the 14 complete games that have been pitched, six of them have been no hitters. So uh, I don't know if that has to do with uh, you know the way the game is in terms of uh, moving on to your bullpen earlier on. Uh, the fact is that you know. You're not going to leave your starting pitcher in there for a full nine unless he is going for that no-hitter. Or if it has to do with offensive struggles in MLB overall right now, making it easier for pitchers to uh, you know, succeed out there with the dead-end ball that was apparently supposed to improve, uh, improve offense but just didn't do any of that. But, you know, Kluber's outing last night was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, only walked one guy. He was that close to perfection. Hundred and only a hundred and one pitches uh for a no hitter nine innings. I mean that is truly incredible. Turnbull definitely had more than that uh the night before against going up against the Mariners. Uh but I'll tell you this about watching a no hitter live for your team. Uh, if you're a diehard uh baseball fan or sports fan overall i'd say that winning or completing a note watching your team complete a no hitter uh, even in the regular season is more exciting than watching your team win a game in a seven game series uh you know it is unless it gets to the elimination game maybe i'll put an elimination game winning an elimination game over pitching a no hitter but uh, I'll tell you, I was more excited watching, you know, the seventh, eighth inning of Kluber pitch than I have ever, more excited than I've ever been to watch someone pitch. Not even close. That was the most excited I've ever been to watch someone pitch. Uh, and 
you know, I do get excited when it's coming down the line in the playoffs. It's a close game. Uh, but this was something else. I mean, for a regular season game, I've never felt this type of emotion. Uh, you know, not that it's not happening right now. I mean, I'm bouncing my knee right now, but, uh, you know, my legs were, were bouncing off the ground. Uh, I could barely just sit still. Uh, I had to stand up at a point when it got to the ninth inning. I mean, it was too crazy. And, uh, you know, I forget who exactly got that hit to right field, uh, in which Wade had to make that play, but there were also a bunch of phenomenal plays made in the field throughout the game. I mean, there was one, uh, ball that was smoked to center field, I think in like the fourth inning. Uh, it was a good thing that they were playing, or I think it was Gardner was playing deep on that play. Uh, and then uh, you move on to the play, I forget what inning it was, but Urshela made a phenomenal play at third. I think it was in the eighth inning. Uh, and then in the ninth inning, obviously, it did, uh, along with that Tyler Wade catch, uh, LeMay, who made a phenomenal play uh, at second base, but he was uh, shifted over towards uh, the middle, you know, up the middle behind second base and just made a phenomenal play, a little bit to the left of second base. Great scoop, similar to the Urshela one, and uh, got the job done. I mean, just uh, it was just incredible to watch. I mean, uh, something experience that I've never had before. Uh, finally able to to gain that experience. So I definitely thank Corey Kluber for that. And uh, I hope that Yankees fans will now come to realize, although yes, it is one start and he needs, he has a long way to go to really prove himself. But, uh, you know, I think that the Yankees have two high quality starting pitchers in their rotation. When we're talking about Colin Kluber and then in the playoffs, what you need three out of all the other guys, when we're talking about Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery, Tyon, Severino, Garcia, maybe Clark Schmidt, whoever the hell else is out there, one of those guys is going to succeed. And I truly believe in Kluber because Kluber it doesn't have what he used to. You know, Maybe he gets tops like 93. Maybe, maybe he can get to 95. Maybe. But it looks like it's tops 93. But he's just it looks like he's guy that's just perfected his craft I mean he's changing speeds and he's painting corners and he's and that ball has damn damn lot of movement so it was really fun to watch I mean I don't know if I'll ever be able to it might have ruined pitching for me because I might not be able to enjoy pitching ever again but uh, I know that Throughout my childhood, I'd, I'd always start a game like, oh, maybe this will be the one that's a no-hitter. Maybe this will be the one that's a no-hitter. Uh, and then that first hit always comes for the opposing team, and it's always a, you know disappointing. And uh, just to be able to get this off, off the bucket list of things that I haven't seen, uh, of at least my, not in sports overall, I've watched no-hitters happen in sports overall in baseball, but to, to finally see the Yankees uh, succeed in this way, uh, I've personally never seen the Yankees fully succeed. I've, I did not see them win in 2009. Unfortunately, was forced to go to sleep due to the fact that I was 12, even though parents could have let me stay up. Whatever. I, I still give them a hard time about it. But uh, yeah, so finally able to see them get one of these ultimate wins, you know, like winning a series, doing something like that. And this is an all one of those ultimate wins, getting a no hitter, accomplishing something that'll be in the history books forever. So Thank you, Corey Kluber, for that. If my hat was forward, I would tip it. I'll tip it this way. Tip my hat to you, Corey Kluber. That was a phenomenal performance. He's now at a 2.86 ERA. He had nine Ks last night, four and two. Uh, he has been incredible and uh, very happy that we were able to uh, 
bring him in after that injury and happy that he's been able to prove himself. Uh, and just one last fact, uh, there are probably so many other things that, that I could be bringing up, but the last thing that I would like to mention regarding the snow hitter is that uh, last night, I mean, the game was in Texas at Globe Life Park, I believe is what it's called. Uh, they actually had Corey Kluber bobblehead night uh, last night, even though Corey Kluber was the pitcher for the opposing team. What probably happened was is that he was on the Rangers uh, in a previous season where, when he got injured, when he sustained this injury that made him miss a full season or two. Or, I'm blanking on if he was he got injured in 2019, 2020. It sounds more right, 2019. But uh, it was Corey Kluber bobble at night. They probably, when they had him for that one, for that season that he had one start, they probably bought a ton of Corey Kluber bobbleheads, planned the Corey Kluber bobble at night. And got injured, so it never happened. Now they took advantage of him coming back. Corey Kluber bobble that night. What does he do? Pitches a no-hitter on on his old team. Uh, just a phenomenal performance. Something that I will never, ever forget. And uh, I think that a lot of Yankees fans will never forget. Uh, hopefully this will be the start of turning the season around. Also had some some clutch hits when you talk about the, hit, the hitting. Uh, looking at... Uh, Tyler Wade in particular, uh, pinch hit for Lamar or Lamar. I don't know how you pronounce it. Sorry. Uh, uh, he got injured last night running to first base. Looked like he pulled a hamstring or something like that, but Tyler Wade inserted into the game and that was a phenomenal move because he had that RBI triple that, uh, put the Yanks on top and, um, that was absolutely huge. Obviously, still had obviously also had that uh, big catch in the ninth inning, um, but uh, then Lemayhu also hitting in uh, on a sacrifice fly. You know something that I haven't seen the Yankees been doing a lot. Uh, obviously, Wade gets to third base on that triple, uh, and then Lemayhu takes advantage of the situation, does the bare minimum, uh, and drives the runner in from third. You know, you don't need to do too much. When you're doing too much, that's when you, like, strike out or you ground out with the infield in, and uh, you, the runner gets thrown out going home. Uh, so nice to see that Lemayhu was able to get the job done there. Also, Wade coming up huge with that triple and the uh, big defensive play. Uh, shout out Yankees. Uh, that's a big win. You know, I mean, the nerves are definitely there as a player. Uh, even if you're for people that aren't the pitcher, you know, there's a slow roller to Voight, uh, in the eighth inning, I believe. And, uh, I was saying like, wow, he must've been so worried there because it was the slowest roller and the guys run into first base and you need to pick up the ball, make sure you actually get the ball in your glove and move your foot over very quickly, uh, around the same time. So, you know, I was a tad bit worried there, but uh, the nerves are really there for the players. So shout out the the whole Yankees team for for showing up in that game, uh, and shout out Tyler Wade. I mean, you know, Corey Kluber could have thrown a no hitter, but guess what? We easily the Yankees could have easily had no runs and would have been an issue there. Could have gone to extra innings uh, for all we know, uh, or if we just had no runs, Kluber could have had less confidence not having a lead and giving up a hit or something, uh, and had more confidence with the lead and wanted to you know, sustain that lead, but, uh, 
to win a game like that, I think that that's one of the biggest wins, regular season wins the Yankees have had. That shows a lot. I mean, they stepped up. You could see the way they stepped up defensively uh, just for Kluber. So shout out the whole team. They uh, stepped up. I mean, really, I guess I'll just shout out Wade and LeMahieu for their offensive offensive performance in this game. And uh, shout out the whole team for their defensive performance. I mean, uh, when it gets to the sixth inning and you still got a no-hitter, that's when the nerves start hitting. And uh, the defense only improved uh, from there on out. No errors in the game. Uh, The only thing holding Kluber from a perfect game was one walk. Uh, Unfortunately, though, the Yankees 0-for-1 with the runners in scoring position. Only left two runners on base. Uh, Not going to be a negative Nancy, but still not good. Not getting runners on base. Uh, Nothing changed offensively in this game other than uh, coming up with that clutch hit. you know, but definitely still want to see more out of the offense. But I'm not even going to get into that today because today's a day of celebration. I'm going to be happy about the Yankees for the next 24 hours and maybe even the next week. Who knows? I experienced this no hitter, one of the best experiences I've had experiences I've had as a Yankees fan. So I'm going to celebrate it uh, until I don't want to anymore, and that'll be that. But shout out Corey Kluber. All the Yankees who stepped up uh, defensively and offensively, great win. We're going to be back at it today at 2 p.m. Going uh, still against the Rangers again. Uh, I might have mistakenly said that this was a three-game series yesterday, but uh, going up against the Rangers again today at 2 o'clock, Domingo Herman on the bump for the Yankees and uh, Dane Dunning on the hill for the Texas Rangers. I'll tell you this, Domingo Herman is a 3.62 ERA. If he has a good outing today, he could get that down to below 3.5. Then we'd have two pitchers below 3 ERA, one below 3.5. And uh, then I would really ha- have to start going after the people that are complaining about the starting pitching because uh, they would really have nothing to say. Because right now, the hitting is the sole thing that is holding this team back. Uh, I'll, go, I'll, show, I'll tell you the stats right now in terms of hitting and pitching. Sixth in her ERA, uh, still tied for fifth in quality starts. Yes, they got one more quality start last night, obviously with Kluber having pitched a no-hitter. Second in whip and fourth in batting average against. So they're top five in quality starts, whip, and batting average against, and sixth in ERA. And they're 20th in runs, 24th in batting average, 10th in on-base percentage, or 21st in slugging percentage. So they can get walks, and uh, you know they can do, I guess, the bare minimum in that, just getting walks. But when we're talking about getting hits and getting on base, 227 team average, uh, and they're 20th in the league in runs. So, you know, when they get the guys on base, they don't hit. uh, and They don't drive in the runs in those clutch situations. And uh, it's been really frustrating. But, again, not going to be a negative Nancy. Michael Kay got to call that no-hitter last night. I loved being able to hear him call that. He probably used to. Called it back in the day on the radio, talking about Wells and Cone, but uh, I don't think he ever called one uh, while broadcasting on television. Uh, he got close with Mike Mussina, I believe, uh, back in the day against the Red Sox, and then also Philly Hughes against the Oakland A's. Uh, but you know, I could just keep on talking about this forever. Uh, one of my greatest, made great, my greatest experiences as a Yankee fan. So, or as a sports fan overall, honestly, uh, but 
that's enough. I mean, I, I really could talk about this forever. I, I got to move on to talking about uh, the Mets last night. Not even going to talk very long about it uh, because the Mets lose the third game of the of the set of the three game set to the Braves, five to four. Uh, Acuna hits a walk off home run in the bottom of the ninth, solo home run uh, to put it away. I believe that puts him in the league lead for home runs. Uh, currently hitting two eighty six, one. Uh, with a 389 on base percentage, uh, that's pretty good to have your on base percentage over 100 points higher than your batting average. Uh, but when you look at the Mets, unfortunately, even though they went two for four last night with runners in scoring position, leaving two only two on base, goes to show uh, what their issues are right now, which is similar to the Yankees, as I say every day, which is uh, not being able to hit, maybe being able to get some guys on base uh, via the walk, but not being able to come up clutch after that with the guys on base uh you can see that based on the fact that they have the 20th best batting average and 12th uh best on base percentage uh additionally you go ahead you look at that you can look at the averages i mean it's all about the best players i mean at least the yankees have some guys playing well uh, like LeMahieu still playing all right even though we expect way more out of him uh judge or shella uh I mean, Luke Voigt just came back, uh, but I mean, I, I like Torres as well. Obviously, Stan was hot before he went to the IL. Hopefully, he'll come back soon. But when you look at the top of the lineup, they're most they're mainly putting guys in that are uh, playing well or above the Mendoza line because the bottom half is below the Mendoza line unless they decide to put Brett Gardner in at the two hole, which they did last night. But uh, or no, they didn't do last night. They played Luke Void in the two hole last night. I apologize. But uh, like uh, you know, Lindor below the Mendoza line, McCann. They're signing obviously good defensive catcher, but he's hitting two hundred two. Needs to be better. Uh, and then that's not going to help when you're missing guys like Nimmo and now McNeil's also uh, going to miss some time. So people going to have to step up offensively. Uh, uh, there was no, there was no Pete Alonso last night. So. He had the night off. He also might be – is there a chance that he's missing some time? I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, you know, it's the same issue with both with both teams. And uh, at least the Mets are getting a little blessed right now by their division, uh, kind of struggling at this point. As I stated yesterday, the Mets are 20-17 and 17 in first place in the division, while the Yankees have like 24 wins and are in like fourth place in the division. So uh, it goes to show you the where the two divisions are at right now. Uh, I stayed in the beginning of the season that I thought that the uh, NL East was going to be the best, most uh, hotly contested division in baseball. Uh, it still might be the most hotly contested division in baseball, similar to the way that the NFC East is the most hotly contested division in football, hotly contested, uh, because, you know, all the teams are bad and they're all right there next to each other and they have all have a chance to win the division. And uh, that's what it seems like is the case in the NL East. Uh, only a couple games uh, separating first and last, I think maybe five games at most. Um, well, every other division has more of a separation between first and last, but first to fourth in the AL East is like a one and a half game difference or something like that, uh, between the Yankees and the Red Sox. So AL East really performing this year. Uh, the NL East is, uh, doing the Mets a favor right now by struggling to begin this year, but, uh, the Mets, uh, lose a close one five to four to the Atlanta Braves last night. Uh, you know, VR hit a homer, 
Peraza hit a double, Nito hit a single. So overall, I mean, they, they got the job done offensively in a couple of different ways. Uh, if you're a Mets fan, you probably expected the pitching to be able to to hold down the job uh, the rest of the way. But unfortunately, not the case. Fall to the Atlanta Braves 5-4. to four. I'm sorry, Mets fans, that the, uh, you know, first of all, you're supposed to be the good pitching team in town. And, uh, you know, Right now, I believe you're 12th in quality starts uh, while the Yankees are tied for 5th. I'll let you end on a hint, though. The 12th to 5th difference, I mean, that's two quality starts. It's really nothing. So (laughs) it's kind of a BS. But, you know, everyone talking about how the Mets had the best starting pitching in in New York. Obviously, they're still missing guys. DeGrom on the aisle now. I'm sure he would have been the difference in the quality starts and two starts. Uh, but also Syndergaard and Carrasco. So the Mets have more firepower coming, but the Yankees also have more firepower coming. And uh, I think that we need to start giving the Yankees starting pitching a lot more credit and uh, really start trying to figure out what the issue is with the offense. I mean, is it an, is it the issue with the whole MLB? Or uh, are, is it the analytics? Or, you know... Are these guys just not that good? Do we need to get new players? And it's an issue for the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, but the pitching really stepping up for both teams. Uh, nothing new for the Mets, but not. I, I'm not surprised uh, from it by the Yankees. But you know, I'm sure that a lot of people are because the Yankees aren't usually very well known for their pitching, uh, being called the Bronx Bombers, of course. Uh, but unfortunate loss for the Mets last night. Uh, and uh, going to be moving on to playing the Marlins on the road now. Uh, that should be a fun series. Jazz Chisholm, one of my favorite young players in the entire league. High-energy guy, also big Jeter fan. That's why he wears number two. Uh, so excited for that series. Uh, but sorry, Mets fans, that Yankees fans were able to experience a no-hitter last night while you guys got walked off on. Uh Hopefully, better. obviously, better things to come for the Mets. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and they're still in first place. So, really, not that much to complain about as a Mets fan. You still took the series from the from the Braves, which is really all you could ask for. Uh, but before I fully end this pod, this rant for today, uh, I want to discuss the Knicks a little bit and their upcoming series uh, on Sunday against the Hawks. They finally announced that uh, this game will be at 7 or 7.30 Eastern time. Uh, hopefully I will be in attendance. I'm not 100% sure yet, but uh, would love to be in attendance for that game for, to see my Knicks play their first uh, home playoff game in eight seasons. Uh, ticket prices, not too bad now. They've gone down uh, ever since uh, they first got released. Additionally, I think that they're, I'm pretty sure they're allowing more people into the arena than they were for the regular season. So, uh Increasing capacity a little bit. Price goes down with the supply going up a little bit. Uh, Exciting stuff. Can't wait. And uh, just to analyze the matchup a little bit, uh, you know, people are saying that the Hawks have a more talented team, uh, you know, which may be the case. I don't know, but I don't know if that really matters. Uh, You know, when you look at the best player in each team, it's clearly Trey Young for the Hawks. And for the Knicks, it's clearly Julius Randle. The question, I think a big question is, who's the best player on the court uh, when the two teams have their best players on the court? And I think it's the Knicks, uh, 100%. I mean, I think that Julius Randle is a better player than Trey Young. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Julius Randle shot better uh, percentage-wise from three than Trey Young did this year, which is 
arguably what Trey Young does best, that or passing the ball. I won't argue that that Julius Randle is a better passer than Trey Young, but Julius Randle uh, improved in that respect of his game in, uh, by a lot this season, uh, increasing his assists to six a game on the season. Obviously, Trey Young averages more than that, but still incredible for a guy of uh, Julius Randle's size and uh, ability to be able to dish out six assists a game, something that he wasn't able to do, something that really changed the whole team this year. Uh, you know, that's why he struggled last season with the Knicks. Uh, wasn't the same player because he wasn't passing. He wasn't using his teammates. He wasn't making himself and the team better. Uh, and now he's doing that. And, you know, it's benefited the whole Knicks team this year. And that's why they are here right now, one of the big reasons. Uh, so credit Randall for that. I think he's better than Trey Young. Uh, also, the Hawks are not a good defensive team, while the Knicks are a good defensive, a great defensive team, and they'll make you battle it out on the offensive end. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna use that shot clock to their advantage. They know that it's a lot of time. They understand the times per, they're the points per possession uh, stat, and that you need to use an efficient amount of the clock. Just don't just run up and shoot it shoot a three and then uh, go back, run back down on defense. The Knicks aren't that team that are trying to put up a ton of points and, uh, you know, and are going to just blow you out a ton of points and they're going to play good defense. No, they're going to play good defense and then they're going to take efficient, good shots in offense and they're, they're going to work for their shots and they're going to make you work for your shot, uh, to defend their shot, uh, the full, for the full 24, um, you know, and the Hawks not being a not very good defensive team, uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to handle, you know, defending for a full 24 and then having to go on offense and play against the the tough Knicks uh, defense that they have, uh, you know, believe that they finished the season fourth in defensive rating overall in the NBA, first in opponents field goals percentage, first in opponent three point percentage. Uh, first in like opponents points per game. So the Knicks were incredible on the defensive end this year. That I think that'll be a big thing to see how the Hawks play on the defensive end, uh, and to see how they, uh, you know, are able to handle the Knicks on the defensive end uh, after battling it out on, on the defensive end for them. I think that the Knicks are going to have to uh, really attack Trey Young. Uh, he's not a very good defender. I mean, guys like Alfred Payton only averaging like two and a half points over the over the past like seven games or something like that. But guys like him, Alec Burks, uh, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, they're going to have to attack Trey Young. Uh, get him in foul trouble. Get him annoyed because uh, he's going to get you annoyed. He's going to be trying to draw those BS fouls as well. So get you need to get him in foul trouble. Really attack him because he's not a good defender. He's a weakness on the team. Yes, you heard it. He is a weakness on the defensive end. Uh, so I think that that, that's got to be one of the main keys for the Knicks attacking Trey Young because they do have some good defenders, although they're not good teams statistically on, on the defensive end. But uh, when you talk about guys like John Collins, I like Bogdanovich, I like Kevin Herter, uh, some versatile defenders like that, you know, Capella as well at waiting for you at the rim, uh, Hunter, and I'm not sure if Reddish is going to be back, but they have some versatile players, so uh, they have the ability to play defense, but... Uh, when you have Julius Randle, who against the Hawks this year averaged 37 points a game, uh, we'll see if the Hawks have any answer for him uh, at this point. They had no answer for him during the regular season. Uh, also interested to see what Tom Thibodeau does with the rotation in terms of Frank Nilakina, since Alfred Payton has been struggling so much as of late. 
as I said, only averaging two, around two and a half points a game over the last seven games. Uh, you know, is he going to start giving Frank Nilekina more time since Frank Nilekina uh, maybe get it the three pointer at a at a at a higher clip than uh, Alfred Payton, and he could play defense arguably just as well. While Alfred Payton can attack the rim a little bit better against Trey Young, uh, I might like Frank Nilekina in uh, at certain points of the game. You know, if someone like Derrick Rose or Quickly or Burks or Bullock needs some rest, I think that I might prefer Frank Nilekina to go into the game than Alfred Payton. If we're being honest, uh, maybe maybe in, in closer to the second half. Uh, but I would use Alfred Payton as a guy to drive to the basket on Trey Young to try to draw fouls, depending on who they put on Alfred Payton. I guess maybe they'll put Trey Young on Bullock or RJ Barrett for some reason. I don't know why they would do that, but there's always potential for that. But uh, you could just tell how excited I am for Knicks playoffs. Can't freaking wait. Hopefully I'm there on uh, Sunday evening. But uh, that's it for my rant today. Uh, covered Yankees no-hitter, the playing games last night, Mets, and a little bit of Yankees today. Didn't cover the Nets because I want the Nets to lose to the Celtics, uh, but not going to happen, obviously. I think that they would have been a little more in trouble than Nets had uh, Jason, I mean, uh, Jalen Brown not gotten injured. But uh, unfortunately, that is the case. Uh, now the Nets have a pretty easy ride through the first round with uh, – just Jason, I guess a team, the a Celtics team of Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, and uh, Evan Fournier and Tristan Thompson. <laughs> so I don't think that that really has a chance against the Nets, but uh, I guess we'll see. I'm very excited for the playing for the continuation of the playing game tonight uh, to get the eight seed between the Wizards and the Pacers. Then tomorrow night again, the Warriors are playing the Grizzlies for the second time in three games. Uh, to determine who gets the eight seed. And then we're starting up the, the playoffs on Saturday afternoon and the Knicks are playing Sunday. So exciting times for sports fans. Uh, we got MLB, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and then uh, hopefully, and I mean, not hopefully, NFL just around the corner. So uh, it was a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, hope that you enjoyed today's rant. Uh, let's go Yankees game at two o'clock today. Uh, hopefully Domingo Herman succeeds gets himself uh, uh his era lowered a little bit and uh i'll be back tomorrow talking about the yankees outcome today uh, i don't believe the mets are playing so uh gonna be a short one tomorrow but uh can't wait to be back good vibes only peace out